Well, I'm excited to uh, share the Word with you today. I always get excited about the Bible, the Word of God, His message to us, something that He's trying to convey to us in words, and we pick it up in word and in spirit, and it changes our lives. It takes control of our hearts, and all of a sudden we become like Him. Isn't that amazing how He does that? And I know when I first got saved, I opened up the Bible, I started reading, and go, man, this is so rich, so wonderful. i got to tell somebody else. And so that's started my journey on becoming a teacher and a pastor and uh, an aficionado of the Word of God. Are you an aficionado? Are you just like excited to see and hear the Word of God? Amen, Pastor Chuck. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> that, was a, that was a pause for you guys to, you know, jump in. Praise God. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together to hear your word and to know more about you. We thank you that you touch our hearts and bring us into a closer relationship with you. And so for this, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And all agreed said, amen. amen. So we're in a series, That I May Know Him. And Paul was writing that in Philippians 3.10. Now, it's not that he didn't know the Lord, but he wanted to know him better. Amen? You know, when you meet someone for the first time, you make a decision whether you want to keep on knowing him or be close to him or know them better. Isn't that right? I know when I was at uh, Kaiser, uh, there was a couple of guys that I became friends with, and we had lunch every day for five to six years, every day. We didn't plan it. We just said, we're going to lunch. We just sat, went to the table, sat down, talked. You know, sometimes you're just joined to someone, right? And I found out a little bit about them more and more. I found out, this is amazing. This one friend of mine, he had a son who had a disease, and he, it got worse and worse, and finally he became paralyzed. And so he would have to wake up, the father would have to wake up every three hours during the night and turn his son over so he wouldn't get bed sores. Every three hours. And so what, his son finally passed away, and I thought, well, he might be relieved that he doesn't have to, you know, you know he, he's out, his son's out of his misery. But you know what he said? He said, I miss my son. I miss spending time with him. And I thought, man, what a touching thing. He's, you know, you wouldn't think that he would be soft like that. And so I, I, I ministered to him, and I you know, encouraged him in the Lord. And so when I left Kaiser, he said, I want to take you out to lunch because you ministered so much to me during that time. I just want to you know, thank you for that. I said, praise the Lord. So when you meet someone for the first time, you don't really know what they're going through. You don't really know that much about them. But you, as you do, delve into them a little more, you find out. So if we went around the sanctuary here and asked husbands and wives to tell how they met their mate, we would hear many different stories, wouldn't we? Some met each other as teenagers. Some met each other later on in life. Some were looking for a mate at the time. Others were not looking. Some singles say, I'm not looking for nobody. Okay. <laughs> then all of a sudden, something pops up. Oh, he's the one. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> some do online dating. I found out that 30% of marriages now happen because of online dating. Isn't that amazing? It's really going up. That's not a commercial for online dating. Okay. <laughs> Some meet, uh, uh, but they don't really connect for months or even years. Others meet and things take off like a rocket, right? For some, it's love at first sight. Others, it's a long friendship that leads to romance and marriage. 
but everyone begins with a, a relationship with a mate. Now, it never ceases to amaze me <laughs> how two people can be very busy in life, but then they meet someone, and all of a sudden they find time to be together for hours on end, right? How does that happen? They push aside things that they used to do. Same thing with the Lord. When you meet the Lord, you find time to do things with Him, and you find uh, ways of uh, etching out time. I know what, before I got saved, I had plenty of time. I mean, I could watch a whole football game. I could watch a baseball game. I could hang around. and do. And, but now that I'm a Christian, I got a lot of things I got to do. I got to read the Bible. I got to pray. Uh, I got to fast. I got to witness. I got to do a lot of things that I didn't have. So I'm busy. Amen? But I find time to, to do those things that God wants me to do. So we all have a relationship. Now, we had a Christmas party at our, at our house for our family. And my wife asked her brother this very you know, intrusive question. Why did you marry uh, your wife? And he looked at her like, what? I, I thought we're here to open presents. What are you talking about? I'm not, I didn't want to be interrogated. And he said, that was over 40 years ago. I can't remember why I married that girl. And so I said, I, I know why. I, I know why. I, I, I've seen you guys. She does everything you ask her to do. He goes, yeah, that's right, because when, when we were dating, I said, do you want to ride on my motorcycle? She said, yes, of course. <laughs> do you want to come over to the house and watch me fix my car? Yes, of course. <laughs> you want to come over and watch me mow the lawn? Yes, I'd love to, you know. <laughs> she was just in awe of him, right? <laughs> but we have to be in awe with the Lord. Is that not right? So with the relationship with the Lord, when you meet the Lord, you change your priorities and your desires, and it's different for everyone. You may have met Christ at a young age. You may have met Christ uh, as you were going along in life. You might have been in a desperate situation. You cried out to him and said, Lord, if you're out there, if you're, if you're near, please come and help me. Amen? Amen. Anybody been there? Yeah. That's where I was. Uh, you might, uh, so you might have not really known an exact time or place. You just kind of gradually rolled into the Lord. You know, you were at the church. You don't really know what happened, so you can't really be certain. But one thing you do know for certain is that you know Him. And the more you get to know Him, the more you'll be able to see Him change your life and change your priorities and change the things that you want to do. So uh, we, we don't just accept Christ. We accept His life. His life becomes our life. Amen? Amen? And then when we see him, we'll be like him. Did you know that? Just like we were during praise and worship, when you see him, when he appears to you, then all of a sudden his attributes come on the inside of you, and you, there's a transparency, there's an exchange of his holiness upon us. Praise the Lord. So our job is to pursue Christ. Our, our main goal is to follow after him. Our main goal is to chase after him. David told his son, if you seek the Lord, he will be found of you. In other words, you can't find God by yourself. Did you know that? If he was playing hide and go seek, you could never find him. No GPS in town can find God if, you, if he's not trying to make himself known. But the good news is, he does want to make himself known to you. Amen? Now, you can be a little standoffish or shallow and use the principles of Christianity to advance your earthly experience. Did you know that? Some people like to say, well, I, I, I adhere to the Judeo-Christian principles. What does that mean? 
That means you're, you're, you're kind to people, you know, your behavior is uh, acceptable, your social skills are kind of, you know, you, you don't harm anybody or hurt anybody. But, but you, you can't just be a better person and be a Christian. It goes deeper than that. That just scratches the surface because God wants to get down into your inner soul and your core and to change who you are. Amen? So, okay, so maybe you don't cuss anymore, but you're mad. You're, you're angry. <laughs> you're jealous. You're vengeful, but you don't say it, but it's in there. God wants to get in there and diffuse your emotions and diffuse what you're going through. Praise God. So... Um, Paul says, I want to know him. He says, I count all things but rubbish, but trash to know, the, know Christ. He was a very educated person. He had a lot of principles and, and doc, uh, you know, um, doctrinal, uh, what do they call it, um, accolades. But that doesn't get you to know Christ. If you can't go into the streets and minister to people that are homeless, if you can't go into the hospital and pray for the sick, if you can't go to a drug person and tell them that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, you're, you don't know Christ, because that's what he did. He went to the poor people. He went to the people that didn't know him, and he was able to reach out. He says, I came to reach those that were lost. Amen? Amen. If you're just sitting back and saying, well, I'm saved, but I don't know, you know, I don't care about anybody else, you don't know Christ. You don't have that desire on the inside of you to be what he wants you to be. Praise God. Now, the Bible says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about <laughs> doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So we have to go about. Wherever we go, we have to minister. Now, Jesus was amazing. Even when he was dying on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Who thinks like that? <laughs> Only God thinks like that. While he's on the cross, the thief says, uh, when you get into your kingdom, you know, let me be there. And he, so he was passing out free tickets to paradise on the cross, and he's passing them out to all of humanity. What kind of person, what kind of God thinks like that, the God that loves us so much. Praise God. So we have to know that God is residing on the inside of us. And I'm going to share something with you that was a revelation to me, and I'm excited to show it to you. Um, let's see where we want to show it. Yes, let's go to that, that scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4. There we go. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Now, I don't know Greek. I don't study Greek, but I know people that do. And they find something in the Greek that gives me revelation. I get excited. I go, really? Oh, my God, I didn't know that. And so you look at this, I underlined it. Died is in the past tense. Buried was in the past tense. But rose again is not in the past tense. It's in the present active indicative. And you might say, what in the world is that? <laughs> well, welcome to Greek school. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Let's look at this. The next, the next, okay. Present describes action taking place right now. It wasn't just 2,000 years ago. He's 
risen and alive in our hearts and rising up when we need circumstances to take, when we need to take control of circumstances, he rises up on the inside of us. Amen? He's, his love is still rising on the inside of us. His mercy is still rising up on the inside of us. His hope is still rising up. His grace is sufficient and rising up when we get into situations that we can't face. And Lord, help me get through this. Praise God. It's a present time. And active means that the subject, Jesus, is doing the action. He's rising up on the inside of you. Have you ever had a situation where you go, I don't know how I'm going to get through this? Lord, and then you feel the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, right? You can do all things through me, amen, who strengthens you. Don't give up. Just hold on. Believe I'm able to do the great thing that you've asked me to do. And, uh, indicative means it is really happening. So let's go back to the first uh, the slide previous where it says, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day. So if you want to translate it the way the scholars translate it, he was buried, buried and he is rising continually. He's rising, let's go back to the, oh, it's active and it's for sure that it's happen, happening in your life. Can you say amen to that? So we have to grow in our understanding and our knowledge of Christ so that we become what? Sweeter and kinder and more loving and more gracious so that you live, love, and look like Jesus every day. So troubles don't bother you. When things come up, you don't get upset. I got a God that's alive and is going to work in my life. He's going to change situations. Okay, I lost my job, but God is working. He's going to rise up for the occasion. Okay, yeah, maybe I got a divorce, but that's okay because God is rising up, going to make a change in my life. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Okay, so I lost some money, okay? So what? God is going to give back to me that which I lost. Praise God. This is what I like about uh, God. He, he's not stumped so you have a bad day. He knew you were going to have a bad day 2,000 years ago. He said, I got you covered. I, I got a plan. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Eh? <laughs> he's a little Italian. I don't know. <laughs> now, <laughs> if, you, if you know anything about Christians, we're not globally known for being sweet, and kind and loving, right? Some, some Christians, if you, if you poke them the wrong way, the devil comes out of them. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you were saved. Yeah, but man, don't, don't mess with me, okay? I, I, I'm saved, but, but when you do that, something's going to come rise up on the... That's not the same kind of rising that we want. We want the Lord to rise up, Amen. <laughs> We were at our family party, and uh, we were talking, and my nephew can't understand how I can have that kind of mindset, a positive mindset when things go wrong. He says, you mean when things go wrong, you don't look at the situation, but you look at what God's going to do? He goes, I, I, I never looked at it that way. I go, yeah, if somebody takes money from me, I just said, I, you didn't take it, I gave it to you. <laughs> you must need it more than I do, so when I give to the poor, I've lent to the Lord, and he will repay Amen? Amen. Why get all strung out about that? Praise the Lord. So we have to believe that God is working in our lives continually. So uh, 
Paul, the Apostle Paul, let's see if we have that next slide. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 10. So Paul met Jesus. Where, where, where did he meet him? On the road to Damascus, right? Now, Paul was, he was, he was a killer. He was a murderer. He grabbed them Christians and he took them to Rome and, and he had them crucified or had them killed. He, he, he had a bunch of them. He, he was on the wrong side. Praise God. If you were a Christian, you would don't want to meet, you don't want to know Paul. So he was not a happy guy to be around, but Christ met him. And three things happened. Let's see what they are right here. But no, no, let's, let's read it first. Go back to the previous uh, first Corinthians. Yeah. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. That's the first thing. He said, I wasn't even trying to find Jesus. In fact, I was against him. I was uh, offended by him. I, I, didn't, I thought he was a heretic. And so I was far away. Where were you when God met you? Were you I, I know me, I was not voted the most likely to be saved. That's for sure. <laughs> In fact, I look at the things I was doing. I'm going like, did I really do that? What was I thinking? To me, I was just having fun, but in God's eyes, I was sinning. I was far away from him. So Paul said, by the grace of God. What is the grace of God? What is grace anyway? Grace is mercy bestowed upon you for things. Uh, let me read it. The Greek word for grace is charis. It indicates a kindness that a master grants towards his servants. It is demonstrated especially in the kindness that God bestows upon us sinners and the pardon of all of our offenses and gives us eternal salvation through Jesus Christ. For by grace we are saved through faith and that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. But that grace also now propels us to do his work for him. It's God's ability in us. God saved us, then he gave us grace to be able to do what we're supposed to do. Praise God. And so he said, I, which, um, I am what I am. Uh, let me read it from the top. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. Because I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was in me. What does that mean? He said, I... I I had problems. I had people trying to kill me. I had people running after me. I had people plotting. I was stoned. I was beaten. I was shipwrecked. I was thrown in the sea for a night. But I continued to serve the Lord and, and, and preach the gospel. He says, I look back and I wonder, how did I do all that? It was the grace of God that gave me strength and ability and power to do it. Look back in your own lives. How did I, how did I get through this? How did I raise those three kids? on the salary that I had? How, how, did I, how did we live in that small apartment for such a long How did I put up with my boss for so long? How, how did I put up with my spouse for so long until she got saved? How, how, how did I do this? It was the grace of God that labored and was working in you. Praise God. So you have to look back and see what in the world, uh, you know, how, how did I get those things? How did I raise those kids when I didn't have any money? When people ask you how you did it, all you can say is, I don't know. I just did it one day at a time. You might be in that situation right now. You say, how am I going to get through this? 
one day at a time. His mercies are new every morning. His grace is abundant towards us, that he can save us, he can deliver us, he can give us power, experience, and knowledge in all that we do. I'm so grateful that there's nothing that you can get into, no situation that you can face that God says, you know, I'm stumped. That's a tough one. I can't get out. I don't know. I just don't know. I'm, I'm at my wit's end. <laughs> no. He's got a plan. He's got a way. He's got a, a way of doing this. So Christianity is not based on willpower or knowledge. It's based on God power. It is not for the elite or the most educated, for those who have the most discipline, but it's, a lot, it's for those that allow God to work in your lives. Amen? Amen. Do you want God to work in your life? Do you want to put down your ways and your thoughts and your knowledge and say, okay, God, you take over. You, you, you show me the way. Now, here's the, the, uh, the, the other thing he says. Uh, let's uh, skip to uh, my Lou, my darling. No, I mean, let's, <laughs> let's skip to uh, another slide. Yeah, 1511. Now, here's what he says. So the first thing is, he is what he is by the grace of God, right? I'm not here because I was so smart and I said, I'm going to accept the Lord and I'm going to just do those things, you know. He, he grabbed me. He captured me. Did he capture you? Did he grab you when you were going a certain way in the course of life? And he said, come, come over here, son, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing and how long do you think you have? <laughs> right? You know, I got saved in a, in a motorhome on the side of the road and I, I was, I was uh, 30 years old, and I, I, my friend and I, we had this big scheme of roller skating from the northern tip of California to the southern tip of California in 14 days. He was a roller skater, and so we got a lot of endorsements. A lot of people were recognizing us. We were on TV, we were on radio, and we quit our jobs, and we were all that. <laughs> people said, hey, I saw, I saw you on TV. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And we made a lot of friends, and I, I, was, uh, I, I was telling my party last night that Deacon Jones came to the house. Remember Deacon Jones, the big, uh, yeah, those of you that are football fans. And so he was at the house, and we were carrying on, and we were drinking and everything, and we were telling us how, how good we were. And I, he was saying how he could, he could pitch, uh, fast pitch, and I said, I could hit your fast pitching, no problem. You want to go outside? Let's do it. Well... Somehow the subject changed to football, and so I said, You're, you, look, you look older now, I think I could take you, you know. He <laughs> said, really, son, really? I go, yeah. Let's, he said, he moved the coffee table over, he goes, okay, let's get down here and let's see what you got. He says, I'll give you three counts. I go, sure, whatever. So, <laughs> so I get down there and I go, hop on. I said, oh my gosh, I only have two more left. <laughs> I said, never mind, forget it, okay, I give up. He said, because that's good that you gave up, because I was going to hit you like this, and he hits the wall, and the whole wall goes, so my landlord upstairs, who was my friend, had told me to stop making so much noise down there, so he comes down like he's going to really rouse me up a little bit, and so uh, I was waiting for him, and he opens the door, and I go, brother, how you doing? He goes, I too, Deacon Jones? (laughs) He goes, how are you doing? <laughs> Sat down, everything was cool. So um, I had this big thing, I was, we were going to do this, but we fell flat on our faces. Isn't the devil's plans that you fell, fall flat on your face? 
You had this big idea, this big, and I, I, we were in Hollywood for so much, so much time, and they all live on dreams. They all live on, when we get this, when we get this, uh, pl- um, our, 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 our part, yeah, our, our part or our, our chance, our opening, when we meet this certain person, this is going to happen, we're going to be famous. People live their whole life. hundreds of people live their whole lives like that every day. And so I saw all that, and I said, yeah, my, my world just crumbled just like that, too. And that's when I accepted the Lord. He came in, and he, he captured my heart, and I'm so thankful that he did. So you are what you are. You guys all have stories like that, don't you, where you try all that you can to do what you're supposed to do, and it falls flat on your face. You say, okay, God, I guess I'll give you my life now. So, so you are what you are by the grace of God. He gives you strength to do what you need to do. You, you think you're laboring, but it's actually him pushing you through and causing you to get up in the morning and go do those things that you're supposed to do one day at a time. And then the third thing is, he says, whether it was I or they, this is what we preach, and so you believe. In other words, he says, I'm preaching, but I don't care if I get the credit for it. Wouldn't that be nice if we had a world where people are not worried about, oh, I want the credit. Uh, did you see me? Uh, that was my idea. Uh, the reason this happened was because I, 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 I. <laughs> right? We're supposed to be secure to know that what God has given us, uh, that we are freely to give it, and we don't take the credit for it. You know, when you go to the hospital or when you pay your tithes or whatever you do, God is knowledgeable of that. He's able to reward you. He's not unjust to forget your work and labor in love. And I like what Willie Mays said. He's a famous baseball player. They hit home runs. And they asked him, wow, you've hit 20 home runs this month. Do you think you can hit more? Do you, how many do you think you're going to hit in your lifetime? He says, I don't count them. I just hit them. You count them, right? So when I, I don't count how many times I go to the hospital. I don't count the things that I do for the Lord. He's counting And on the day when I see him, he's going to give me a reward. Praise God. So know that you don't have to worry about that. That God is keeping track. Amen? So the three things, you are what you are by the grace of God. He's going to give you strength to get through. And you're not supposed to be so worried about the credit. Now, he appeared, now Jesus appeared to uh, how many people? Let's look at that. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 5 through 6. The next slide. Yeah. He appeared to Peter, then to the 12. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also. So let's look at that last uh, slide. Who did he appear to? Okay, what is Peter's credentials? He was the follower who betrayed him. (laughs) You might think, well, I'm not worthy of God and Jesus appearing to me. He'll appear to you in the spirit. He loves you. He looks over your faults. Isn't that good news? You know, the the book of Hebrews, the, the, um, the chapter of faith, the Faith Hall of Fame, it doesn't mention anything about what people did wrong, just the good things that they did. They didn't say Abraham lied. It says Abraham was a man of faith, right? So Peter, you think, well, maybe something that I did in my life disqualified me. Or maybe I'm not up to par with the Lord. Anybody think that way? 
<laughs> you might think that something you did or your lifestyle has disqualified you from being used by God. But I want to tell you, you are on God's list. Peter, what did he do? He denied the Lord. He had this big, he, he, he was a big mouth. He said all kinds of things he was going to do, but abandoned Jesus when things got tough. He denied Jesus in front of a young girl at a bonfire. But what did, what did Jesus do when he came after he was crucified? He came, he came to Peter. He made him breakfast. Hmm. Isn't that cool? He didn't say, hey, Peter, what you doing out here fishing? I called you to be an apostle to preach the word. What are you? He didn't chastise him for that. He said, come on over here. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Right? So you might get out of the way of the Lord. You might not get to the place where he wants you to be. He's not going to chastise you. He's going to say, come, let's get to where you're supposed to be. Amen? Okay, how about James, the brother? He didn't believe him. James, his brother, said, my brother, he's not God. Come on. I grew up with him. Okay? I, one day he didn't make his bed. I know I saw it. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> he was too familiar with him. He didn't receive him as who he was. And there was a feast at the Passover, and his brother said to him, go show your works. Make it open so people can see who you are. And he said, it's not my time. But James later appeared, I mean, Jesus later appeared to James, and he became his disciple and his apostle, and he became a pillar of the church. He was a doubter, but yet Jesus reached out to him. I'm so thankful. For 30 years, I knew about Jesus, and I heard about him, and I loved him, but I didn't really follow him. But he didn't hold that uh, accountable, didn't hold me accountable for that. How about Paul? One who persecuted him, who went out like he would go 90 miles to find people, and they, he would get them up, and, and he, would, he would kill them. And, and he even killed the uh, deacon Stephen. Do you think that weighed heavily on his mind? He said, I'm uh, one of the chief of sinners because I did so many things against the Lord. Do you feel like you've done so many things against the Lord that he can't use you? He says, I'm going to appear to you. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven. I'm going to come and manifest myself to you. And 500 others also came to know the Lord. So what we want to do is allow the Holy Spirit to come on the inside of us now and let him appear to us or make himself known to us so that we can be empowered by his grace to receive all of him to be able to go out and do the works that he's called us to do and not think that we are going to get credit for it or that we're going to, you know, have all the accolades. So Marlene's going to come with the band and we're going to just usher and, and soak in the presence of the Lord so that this word can come true to your life, so that Jesus would come in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen?